This is Get a Load of This Podcast, where we cover topics for truckers and entrepreneurs alike. Our guests are coming straight from the trucking industry and industries that directly influence and impact the truckers and trucking companies. We want to bring tremendous value to today's leaders and entrepreneurs and our future of the trucking industry. The common passion amongst our hosts and our guests is one thing. It's you. It's you, the people that make this country move, the trucking industry. Enough with the introductions. Let's get this load on the road. We are your hosts, Thomas, Cameron, and Ryan. Let's get rolling. All right, everyone. This is your host, Cameron, of Get a Load of This Trucking Podcast. Uh, Today is going to be amazing. I got a good buddy of mine coming on and we're talking, it's money talks. That's what we're going to talk about is money, which is a big deal to everybody. I don't care who you are. So it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And uh, it's live today. So we might get some jackhammer noise in the background just to add some sound effects for y'all. So if you hear that, that's what that is. Not a big deal. So today I've got a special co-host with me, Ryan Young. Uh, he's Hi, a producer guys. over with me at Valley Truck and Insurance. And as always, this is driven by Valley Truck and Insurance since I'm the owner. But uh, Ryan, what's happening, man? Not much, man. How's everybody doing this morning? I got my coffee. I don't have a jackhammer in the background, so life is decent. Yeah, you're also on like the 18th floor of your building too, so it probably wouldn't affect you much. So. There, there's that. I was loud up here, I promise. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then today's guest, our special guest, we've got Mr. Eric Garcia. Eric Garcia is a buddy of mine who I've known and actually have followed too on social and puts out a ton of content uh, via video, podcast, and everything to do with money, which is what this is about. So, Eric, welcome. How are you? What's up, man? Money. Either everyone started running already or they're, or they're, or they're like leaning in. It's one or the other. I don't think yeah. there's many like oh money. I can just casual listen about money. It's either people are they're they're either triggered, man, or they're engaged. Yeah, I feel that. Well, and I think if you're driving for a living, you're driving towards money. That's what they're doing, right? Yeah. And it's a lifestyle too. But that's what we're going to talk about and dive into at some point is lifestyle. How do we get a better lifestyle with money, and how do we make that work for you? So you know, it's funny, be man. Sweet, man. With with money, money sometimes it, it, it's it's interesting. Money oftentimes is more of a taboo to talk about with people than sex. Crazy. All right, all your listeners, all your listeners who are falling away, just brought them back in right there. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and if they're driving, they just woke up a little bit. <laughs> Pay attention. It'll be can I, good. Can I say sex so, on your podcast? Heck yeah. This is a trucking podcast, to. man. We can go all over the place. So uh, let's dive in. Tell them a little bit about yourself. Um Tell them who you represent, what you do, how long you've been doing it, and let's give a high-level view of you. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, man. Well, I appreciate you having me um, on uh, on your show, dude. Like, it's it's an honor. Just it's always fun just to hang out with you, but also to come and chat uh, for truckers. I mean, y'all y'all listening, y'all make the world go round. And if ever if no one believes that, they need to be looking at the supply chain issues right now and the fact that we can't get product to stores and I went to go buy beets right before um, I went on a trip a month ago, and there were none there because we can't get the product to the shelves. So y'all know that um, I'm out there speaking very highly of of truckers and the work that y'all do. And most Americans don't know if it wasn't for y'all, we would uh, we would be hungry, and we wouldn't have cool stuff. Um, so um, out there, out there repping y'all. So I am a certified financial planner. I've had that designation for about five years. All that, what that means is when I work with clients, I act as a fiduciary for them. Fiduciary is a super fancy word for saying that I have to give my clients recommendations and advice that is in their best interest. Okay. Now you're thinking, well, there's financial guys out there that don't have to do that. The fiduciary standard is the highest standard that we have as a, as, as financial people that we abide by. Not everyone has that standard. So I'm a certified financial planner. I've been in the financial services space for about 20, no, a little more than 20 years now. Started off doing life insurance 2004, kind of started focusing in more on the um, on the investment side. 2008, I went independent as, a finan- as an investment advisor and then started doing financial planning in 2011, 2012. So 
For a second here, most people think of financial advisors as the guy who's going to help me save for retirement. I'm going to go buy a mutual fund or invest my money with them. Uh, that is typically traditionally what financial advisors do, right? Pretty straightforward. Maybe they, maybe you buy life insurance from them. Um, the planning side, it takes a, it takes a little bit of a step back and says, wait, 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 Cameron, you want to plan for retirement, but like you got all this debt over here and you're trying to save for your kid's college and you own a business and you don't have any wills in place. All this stuff is really important. So let's take a step back and let's set a, a, a chart, really a plan for where you need to go, where you, where you are now and where you want to go and make sure that what you're doing with your money is consistent with where you're trying to go. Now, that's kind of real high level. Now, for me right now, to the majority of the work that I do is investment management. Obviously, investments are a big part of the financial planning uh, process. Um, a, a growing part of the practice is financial planning, consulting, where some of my clients will come to me just for the plan. Sometimes, Most of the time, we're investing money for them, but I've got clients that we just do planning for, kind of set that strategy figure out what's what's most important to you, Cameron, and make sure that you're making those decisions with your money that are going to get you to where... It's, I mean, it's like a trucker, right? Imagine if I got... I'm in New Orleans, all right? So I w you call me up and you're like, Eric, can you ship me some crawfish? I want to have a crawfish boil, okay? So I go hire a hell trucker. Yeah. What's that? You want some? Oh, I said, hell yeah. Let's yeah. do that. Look, I hire a trucker and say, oh, um, I got to ship this crawfish. Where's it going to go? Uh, to Cameron. They don't know where to go, right? And that's how people are with their money. Like, I've got money, and what's it for? I got to save it for retirement. And that's that's all the direction a lot of people have. But beyond that, no one has stopped long enough to figure out, okay, what does it actually look like? Where do I even put it? Like, chart that that course. Now, I remember as a kid when um, I remember as a kid when uh, we were going on vacation, we'd go to we'd go to uh, um, Triple A, right? Y'all remember? Y'all remember Triple A? You're, you're probably too young for that. Oh yeah, this is before. Is Google that like Maps. that's the kids play? Is that the kids play deal there, or what is that? No, man, this is the card, the membership place, right? You'd go and oh, <laughs> like the car towing. That's down, the old person. Your, yeah, the old person <laughs> thing. Once you're like 55, you get Triple A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, we got the towing thing. Oh, yeah, okay. they're, yeah, they're around. So, no, we you'd go you'd go to like the physical retail place, right? And you're like, hey, we're going on a trip to Tennessee. Right, and they they would pull out the Tennessee map, they would pull out the Louisiana map, they would pull out the Mississippi map, and you literally had three maps, and they would they would take a highlighter and they would chart your way, like all right, so in Louisiana you're going to take this highway to here, then once you hit Mississippi you got to pull out the other map, right, or Alabama, whatever whatever state. So you had like three yeah, or four maps, exactly, and, and they charted the way. So that, that's what, that's what planning is. We are we are saying, hey, where do you want to go? Okay, why is it important for you to go there? And let's make sure we're on the right track to get there. And money is the vehicle that's going to get you there. Love that. Absolutely love that. Yeah, and the the old school truckers are all about maps. But to be honest with you, most of those old boys, they just know the the layout where they're going, all the back roads. They don't need a map, half of them. Now we got GPS and all kind of electronic guidance and stuff like that. But before we dive down any more rabbit holes on that, our, our listeners are accustomed to getting a trucking-specific question. Since we are centric around trucking and deal with truckers, what would your CB handle name be, Mr. Eric? Oh, man. You know, I, pr I prepared for this because um, I didn't <laughs> want to show up and not know what, what to say here. All right. Ice Cuba. Love it. Ice, Ice Cuba. Explanation. Mm -hmm. We're gonna need we're gonna need a little little explanation on the uh, Cuba. <laughs> What's going on here? So my family, my both of my parents are from Cuba. I was, okay, I was cool. born here, and uh, when I was in high school, for some reason, we all you know that was kind of in the the mid nineties, um, mm -hmm. and we were all just listening to to hip hop and rap, and that was just kind of our our gangster name. So buddy of mine. Uh, and I feel like I saw a picture of you, Eric, that looked, uh, um, it, it looked like a nineties gangster picture at some point on social media. If I recall, it, it <laughs> that was, was badass. that was, that was, uh, my first passport. I was 16. I had a shaved head. I had a goatee. I'd like this, like, um, yes. you know, goatee that could barely grow hair. It's kind of like that peach fuzz. Yeah. 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 
Now I'm working on a beard, but it's not a beard. It just grows like that. So it's like, yeah, we're here. Man, that's awesome. And I want to dive in. So money, like you said, either people run or they start to listen. Um, But if you are smart and school didn't teach us anything about money, my parents didn't teach me much about money because I grew up, you know, pretty poor and I just didn't have a good influence or, or really role model or example there. So everything I've learned thus far is by making mistakes myself, listening to people that I probably shouldn't listen to, um, following the herd because now it's like, hey, go invest in AMC or like crypto and all this kind of stuff. I don't know what I'm doing, but it sounds exciting. So like, should I throw my money away? Probably not. There's a lot better ways to do all that kind of stuff. And so now I listen to people like you and it's like, oh, that makes sense. This is a smart dude. He knows what he's doing. What's he doing with his money? I want to do what they do. You know, that's the kind of people that I try to follow that are just giving sound advice and stuff. So for the folks listening, Right now is a really good time in trucking. Um, We're finishing up fourth quarter. By the time this rolls out, it'll be going into the new year. Uh, We've had great rates. We've had a ton of freight moving. You know, there is some logistics issues and supply chain stuff that are coming through. You know, there's a couple sides of the fence on what's causing it. So we won't unpack or dive down that road too far. But, you know, let's start with just a couple solid strategies and like if someone listening's like you know i've been thinking about making a plan i don't know what to do i don't know where to go um you know my truck might break down i need money for that or i'm, I'm working to retire most people have that thought process let's start diving down some of those roads oh man so much so much so i think what i'm gonna do is <laughs> take one take one, <laughs> I was say, pick a road, take one. Uh, so, so let me let me start maybe um real basic all right. And then, and then we can kind of like unpack this as we go along and, and figure it out. Um, I do think operating a business is not much different than operating kind of like a like household finances. OK, it, it, it's very similar. Right. In the business, you have revenue. Right. In the your personal household, you have salary or however you take your money, however you pay yourself, however you're organized. Right. Your money comes into your bank account because you pay it. You draw it from the business. So revenue, salary, you have expenses on the business end. I imagine the the expenses on the trucking side are probably probably pretty big, pretty high. And I gotta imagine you have some pretty big shock expenses, like holy crap, I gotta fix, I don't know, a tire. I gotta imagine a, a freaking tire is like, I don't know, um, a crap ton of money. Just just one yeah, tire. Yeah, tire, tires are expensive. The big ones, though, that are over, overhauls of engines, you know, yeah. something like that. You're talking twenty, thirty, forty thousand to number, buy. Right? You know, we have yeah, that on the numbers. personal. We have that on the personal side, right? The the emergency fund. I call it the oh crap account, right? You want to have, you know, you want to have money for those oh crap, um, those oh crap situations that come up. So, kind of as I talk, I think that the 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 lessons that I'm talking about or the strategies that I'm talking about are applicable, I think, on the business side as well on the personal side. Just the vernacular you use is going to be very different, um, and the dollar amounts may 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 vary, okay? So for, first thing, I want to talk about like three things that you need to do. If you do these three things, there's a really good chance that you're going to have financial success, all right? Number one, don't spend all that you make. R- real simple. It's a s- simple rule. Like if I make $100,000... And I spend a hundred thousand dollars. How much do I have to save? Zero. Well, what if I make a hundred thousand dollars and I spend a hundred and ten? What just happened? We call that balling on the budget, baby. We call that debt. <laughs> we call that debt. That's not a. That's that's the opposite. Yeah. That's like the antithesis. That's like that's like the 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 yeah. villain of of building wealth. Okay. So we do, we want to spend less than we make. If I make a hundred thousand and I can and I can live on ninety, that means I've got ten thousand to do something with, to fund my goals, to fund my dreams, to fund my objectives, whatever that is. Okay. So number one, spend less than you make. Number two, save as much as you can. Real simple, right? If I am, if I have a goal, maybe I want to buy a. a, a a vacation house on the beach, right? Cameron, you want, you want, you know, 10 sacks of crawfish delivered to you in the springtime, right? That's a, that's a goal that you have. Well, you have to save for it. The only way you can save for it is if you spend less than you make. So number one, spend less than you make. Number two, save as much as you can. 
forget about where where do I save it. Don't even get confused in that part right now. We're just talking about very high level. Just save it, right? Put it yep. aside for for future use. And then the last one, and honestly, this is the one that gets most people in trouble. All right, don't do anything stupid with your money. People do stupid stuff with their money. Let's define your long. definition of stupid because they might differ. That's not for me to define. Like I think, I think good financial planning, good financial planning understands and recognizes um, the client's value. Like your value yeah. won't be my value, and I'm not going to project on you my value. Like you hear it all the time, right? Oh, you spend so much money at Starbucks. I don't know. I, I was talking to a, a a friend this morning, and he's like, "Man, I was spend I was." I was going to the corner store. We call them corner store here. The the convenience store, I think y'all call them. I was going to the convenience store. No, we, we got corner stores. Okay, okay. I was going to the corner store and buying, you know, a Coke, a corn dog, and gummy worms every day. Right? So, like, some people who, uh, they'll go to Starbucks and they'll buy a, a, a Venti Mega Vanilla Latte with whipped cream, three pumps of sugar, vanilla, and a... I don't know, six shots of espresso. If you can't, if you can't order coffee in three words or less, don't order it for the record. <laughs> um, right. So like, what's like, I don't, I don't, when I go to the coffee shop, I buy black iced coffee. That's it. You know, it's $2 and 50 cents. I probably buy more than I need to. Some people would say, well, that's a waste of money. Well, you know, I like coffee. I'd rather cut somewhere else. Right. Some people want to spend their money on, you know, whatever. I, I don't, I don't, what's stupid is, Stupid is, is is a little bit rel- is a little bit relative. There are some things that are stupid. So it's stupid to if you have credit card debt, it's pretty stupid to go buy um, something that you don't need if you're paying twenty five percent. That that's that's let me soft it. Let me let me soften it. And not say stupid. Let me say foolish. That, that's a foolish yep. purchase if you're in credit card debt. If you're sitting here telling me that you really uh, value education and you really value your kids' education and you want to give them opportunities that you didn't have and you're out there driving a sixty, seventy thousand dollar car, that's a foolish decision because that that does not align. Either either you're lying about what's important to you, um, or you're just making a really poor decision with with your money. So stupid is super, super relative. But if you get those three things right, um, spend less than you make, save as much as you can, and then don't do anything foolish with your money. You're, you're on your way to financial security. I'm not going to say you're on your way to millionaire status. You're, you're not on your, uh, maybe, maybe not, but you're on your way to being as financially secure as you can be. So the financially yeah. successful people don't necessarily make more money than you or me or than somebody else. That doesn't make you successful. Just because you make a lot of money doesn't make you financially successful. The successful people convert their income to wealth. Listen to that. They convert income into wealth. Anybody who is what you would consider a millionaire or who is financially successful, they've converted income into wealth. You can make $60,000 a year and be really good at converting that to wealth. You can make a quarter million dollars a year and be terrible at converting it to wealth. Yeah, right. absolutely. I had a, look, I had a client once. They, they between him and his wife, they made over a quarter million dollars a year. Good, decent wage, right? You could you could do stuff with a quarter million dollars a year. Their debt service was over twelve thousand a month. That's their, their debt service, just paying their debt. They haven't eaten. They haven't eaten yet. They haven't um, they haven't gone on vacation yet. They haven't paid uh, um, you know they haven't um, I don't know bought their Starbucks yet. This, this is just <laughs> paying for debt because of foolish decisions that they had made. Fourteen no tw- about twenty two hundred of that were two car payments. Yeah, so that sounds about right. Income income doesn't drive wealth. Um, so you, the, the key to making more building wealth, isn't necessarily making more money. Obviously, if you make more money, it's easier to build more wealth. The key to building wealth is spending less than you make and saving as much as you can and not doing anything foolish with your money, no matter what income you make. Yeah. One word comes to mind there for me too, is, uh, 
in any aspect of life is discipline, right? Discipline will drive every, all three of those different areas. And you can't be impulsive and go buy that car or buy the second car or whatever, you know? And like you said, actions speak louder than words. So what they come in and tell you is important, but then you look at what they're actually doing. It tells a different story and it'll tell the true story about what the motivations are. But I, I would look at you as someone like a personal trainer, right? So people know what they need to do. They know they need to work out. They know they need to eat right. But their lack of discipline or their impulsiveness leads them down in a stray to, yeah, I'm not going to work out today. I'm not feeling it. Or, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to have a, a beer and um, fries, you know, instead of ordering a salad and, you know, a, a diet soda or, or what do you all call it down there in New Orleans? Soda or pop? Everything Coke. Coke. Everything's Coke. Coke. Everything's Coke. Flavored Coke. What kind of like, hey, I want a root beer flavored Coke. How do you order that? Um, <laughs> that root beer flavor. You order, you order, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm, I'm you just order joking. Like yeah, a, I, don't I don't know. Barks. I don't know. I don't drink root beer. So we have, we have there's a local um, company here. It's actually a brewery, but they make uh, okay. they make root beer. Um, yeah. But, you know, you, you order a Coke and like what what kind of Coke? I'll take a Sprite. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. It, so pretty much the name of it. You know, one thing I, I noticed though about traveling down South and Southeast area, um, you guys aren't as big on coffee as we are up in the Northwest, man. I can drive a block in every direction and I've got a coffee shop, small mom and pop coffee shops, coffee stands. And then you guys have Dunkin' Donuts. And then I think at a hotel, if you're in a city, it's like, okay, there's a Starbucks, but I went I, to try on. to find like a coffee stand and it's like, man, I got to drive so far to find some of these. <laughs> New, New Orleans, New Orleans is, is a little bit, it's kind of not really part of the South. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of its own unique its own unique city. I think with the French influence, there's probably a little bit more coffee influence there would be my guess. I like to say New Orleans, we're the northernmost Caribbean port. So we're, we're a little Love bit it. third world, right? Um, yeah. We're more Caribbean than we are, you know, American sometimes it feels, especially with the holes in the street or, you know, the, the food yeah. we eat. No, that's great. How's the port doing down there? I know on the West Coast, California's having obviously making news for the issues with the ports going into the holidays. Everyone's freaking out. Um, but I know Texas opened up quite a bit there. Florida opened up quite a bit. I don't hear uh, New Orleans much out of that conversation, though. Yeah, I got, I got to be honest with you, man. I don't um, I, I don't know. I, I'd be making it like I think every, I haven't heard anything. So I think things that's are going good. well. I mean, the, the port, I mean, we're one of the, the, the biggest ports. Um, yeah, I mean, we got us and then we got Houston or Galveston a little further West than us. Yeah. But, um, but I think things are, I think things are fine here. I'm not, I'm not real sure. I'm not real sure. No, nah, that's good. I, I just figured I'd ask, but so let's, uh, let's go down and let's chat about the three mm -hmm. items that you mentioned, the key pieces of advice. So let's say you've got a new customer or a potential client, somebody that, that wants to reach out, which I'm hoping that people take action and actually do reach out. We'll give you some tools to connect here in, in a few. You know, what does that process look like? Where do you start? Because I know from from what you've just said, you really try to figure out what their unique situation is, their plan, what their goals are, and work with them on what is important to them. Because what you think might be foolish might not be foolish for this person based on what they've got going. So let's let's start at the beginning. Oh, so, so like the client journey, is that kind of what you're, what you're, or the, the perfect. Yeah. So, uh, I think this, this is applicable. If, if anyone listening, if they work with the financial advisor, if they're engaging a financial advisor, uh, me or anyone, it doesn't matter. Uh, I think what's, what's really important is, is I think hiring a, a, someone who's acting as a fiduciary is, is incredibly important. This is not, uh, financial planning is not a product sale. Okay. I want to be careful how I say this because, because selling is a noble selling is a noble, um, it's, it's a noble business. We need to sell stuff, right? Y'all are hauling stuff for people to sell, but financial planning is different. I'm not selling you a product. I'm not selling you a service. I'm like, I'm like helping you chart your freaking future, man. So you better, you better feel that you, um, connect with your financial advisor. I mean, this is, you start talking about money and I joked earlier about like, I mean, if, any, if everyone hasn't run yet <laughs> or they're, they're either leaning in because money does evoke just crazy emotions in people, man. Um, 
you know, the, I, I did a podcast, I did a show, we, we've wrapped it up. I, I did a lot, I do a lot of, I still do a lot of collaborative work with a couples counselor. Okay. And we started working together about 10 years ago. He came, he's a good buddy of mine. He came to me and he said, Hey, I was working with this couple and I think their, their issue was a financial issue. And we talked it through and realized like, Oh my gosh, there's a lot of overlap between what you're doing and what I'm doing. The problem is the therapists, the, 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 the therapists aren't trained in money and I'm not trained in, in, in counseling. But when we started collaborating, we realized that, man, there's a lot of emotion tied to money, right? There's, a, there's different types of you, people talk about in the space, like, um, like in the behavioral finance space. And this is probably something that sets me apart, um, Cameron and Ryan, from other, from other planners and other advisors that I'm really interested like in the behavior side of money, like why are you making this, these decisions? Like that to me, that's really important. If I can understand that, then man, I can advise the heck out of you um, and point right. you in a really good direction. So you really want your 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 advisor or your planner to kind of to understand you. Like I want right. to know why. And one of the first questions I ask people who reach out to me is, "Hey, what drove you to reach out to me? Like why? Why are you why are you even wanting to hire me? Because there that's typically like the, the place that we start planning. So there's obviously things that a planner is going to do. They're going to ask a lot of questions because um, if I'm working with you, I got to know a lot about your life. I got to know a lot about your finances. Do you have kids? Do you want them to go to school? Is it important for you to pay for them to go to school? Are you going to possibly inherit money in 10 years? You own a small business. You know, do you carry a lot of, a lot of extra cash in your small business? Like those are, those are a lot of really important things to understand. So there's a, um, there's, there's a commitment that you, you have to make when you're hiring an advisor or a financial planner that you're going to have to share things. And look, people do things with their money that they're ashamed of. You know, it's, it's, I hear things from clients that have been clients for six months or a year, like, oh, Hey, I, I've got this other account and never told you about it. So there's a, there's a level of vulnerability. If you're going to hire someone to help them help you get to where you go, you're going to have to be a little bit vulnerable with them. So kind of step one is is just that, is interview people. Pick the right person. Don't just go down to the corner just because, you know, Charlie's been in my town for, for 30 years. That's who I want to hire. Um, well, Charlie might not understand you. Charlie might just want to project his value on you. Uh, so interview people. Ask questions. Hey, are you a, are you a fiduciary? What's your, what's your thought on, I don't know, ask, you know, questions about the economy, like, like make sure that they can speak. Like if you, if you're hiring someone like, Hey, even if you don't know what you're asking, Hey, talk to me about inflation. That person needs to be able to talk to you in a, in a language that you can understand and break things down for you so that you can understand. Like, I don't just want to tell you what to do. I want to equip and empower you and teach you to learn how to make the decisions that you need to make because you're capable, we're all capable of doing it, um, and and a lot of and a lot of clients. You you talked about discipline. Most people don't have the self discipline. You're absolutely right. We most people don't right. have the self discipline. I've got yeah, that's the hardest thing I've got to deal with is discipline and accountability, self accountability myself. Now um, check this out. So I think we're all vulnerable there. Now check this out. You know what you need to do, right? You know, I probably I yeah. if I say Cameron, you need to spend less. All right, don't don't. <laughs> Don't say it. I don't want you to. I don't want you to, to spill the beans here. But you probably already have a list of three or four things that you know of. That yeah, I could probably cut that. Yeah, I probably overspent that. I could probably be a little bit better here. Right? Am I right? Yeah. So everyone, let, oh, yeah, let, let's let's play this game. Okay, let's play this game. So you're y'all driving. Keep your eyes on the road, people. I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes, but let's. You can imagine <laughs> with your eyes open, right? You're, you're professionals. All right, Cameron. Everything. Pretend, oh, think of think of the person that you have the most respect for, like living or dead. Like this is a person I absolutely want. Got it. You got it. I want to please this person. I want to make them happy. I want them to be proud of me. Okay. All right. Yep. Now imagine everything you have, your business, your car, the income that you're earning, everything that you have belongs to them. And they said, Cameron, everything that I have is mine. Um, everything that I have is yours, okay? You are in charge of it. You are the steward of all my resources. You can do what you want with it. Only one thing I'm going to ask of you. Once a year, you're going to sit down with me and you're going to 
show me how you spent the money and what you're doing with that money and defend Open it. Open book accounting. Yeah. Right. That's it. That's all I'm going to ask. That's all I'm going to ask. Does that change a little bit what you do with the money? This is the person that you want to please. This is the person you, you love and respect the most. It would 100% change because I put myself in their shoes. And this is someone that lived through the Great Depression. And it's actually my grandmother. And I have a tremendous and immense amount of respect. Um, one of my role models and icons. But yeah, she will... <laughs> she'll fix everything herself. And she comes from that era where, you know, she grew up with one dress. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's one of those things. So yeah, then now it makes me, you know, this I think might be a barrier too, for some folks to reach out because I know just like if I were to get a personal trainer, they're going to say, Hey, you can't do this, this, and this to achieve what you're telling me you want to do. And like, I feel like it'd be like, Oh shit. If I go talk to Eric, man, I'm going to have to sell my car. (laughs) I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to figure that out. So like um, immediately I'm like, like you said, I'm kind of, I don't know if shameful, but it's like, man, I don't want to share that. (laughs) I I know I spent, you you mentioned Starbucks. I stopped it and got a black coffee at Starbucks. Hold on, hold on, hold on. on. I'm not not telling you to sell your car. I'm not judging you. None of that, man. It's all good. It's all good. And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I, hopefully the people can relate with that because that's my, that's where I felt instant immediately when I put myself in those shoes. Um, But I also know it's like, you know, there's, there's life, you know, there's a, image to uphold. There's examples to set. So I'm a leader of a sales team. So I do certain things to motivate too and motivate myself because I know, hey, if I do this, it'll push me harder here. I know I need to be a good example for my daughters. I know that I need to be present and involved and coach their sports teams and be at every event. There's things that motivate me. That That's where I think would be amazing where, you know, if you and I chat, that's what you're uncovering. And then you just basically say, oh, no, 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 like you just did. It's okay. <laughs> you're fine. So, so you bring like, up that's a really okay good point. that you did that. You bring up a really yeah. good point, okay? Um, so you said, be at sporting events. I want to be present. Here, yeah. here, here's what I find the trouble with a lot of business. I say the trouble. This is both what makes us successful because I own two businesses, okay? Um, I'm, I'm 100% involved, obviously, in the financial side. And I'm a, I'm a, and Cameron, you and I know each other through the insurance space. I kind of grew up in the insurance yep. world. Uh, so I've got a business partner who operates the independent insurance side. So I own two businesses and I get it. And we want to make money. We're driven, we're entrepreneurial. But there's some competing things, right? Like I want to make money. And the way to make money is, right? Y'all out there driving your trucks, you make money when you're driving. So you're exchanging your, your time, your you know, your skill as a truck driver, your ability to meet deadlines and and to chart and plan, um, probably multiple stops, right? That's something that maybe sets you apart. Uh, so you have this skill, and you're trading it for money, right? That's what that's what we do, right? We 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 exchange yep. our knowledge, our ability, our what we know for money. That's how we earn it. But then there, there, there's this thing that's competing for that for our time. We have families, right? I don't get paid. I don't get paid to go home and cook dinner. I don't. I don't get paid when I'm coaching my kids' uh, soccer team. Well, those are important things. Well, those are important things to you, and therefore you have two competing things. Your time is now held in tension. Man, I got bills to pay, and I know that if I'm not working, man, I'm not making money. Um, but I also value time with my kid. So you're trying to balance these things. And how do you balance these things? So sometimes it may be, and this is this is this is how I see it personally for me in my life, and this is the conversations that I have with with people, particularly in that kind of thirty-five to fifty stage of life age, is life is starting to get complicated. I used to be able to do this on my own. I could figure it out all on my own. I probably could, but I don't have the time to, because my time is being pulled in 16 directions and time is money. So now I got to start getting wise and exporting or delegating certain roles and responsibilities of my life to other people. You own a business, you, you lead a sales team, you've done that, right? Cameron doesn't need to be selling insurance 24 seven for Cameron to make money because he's built a team around him. Maybe some of the people listening, maybe they're, maybe they've, what's the average fleet, a trucking fleet, five, six, seven, ten 10 trucks. Yeah, on in the western region it's like 
80 to 90 percent or less than 10 trucks there's mega companies obviously with thousands but yeah, the yeah, majority yeah. of folks are going to be your mom and pop or smaller organizations so you're a single truck driver you only make money if you're driving you, have, you own a fleet of seven or ten trucks now you start making money when other people are driving so yep. so you have to start figuring things out you know you talked about other streams of income here's what here's what a lot of business owners and this is i, I learned this lesson early 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 in my career it was a, a an estate attorney I was, it was a tax attorney i was having dinner with him and i was lamenting to him about a business a business partner that i had a previous partner and this is what he told me he goes eric you got to think of you got to think of your role as owner in two two capacities okay the way you make money Right. So if you're if you own your business, right, you're the owner of the trucking company, you make money two ways. And it's really important to understand this. Number one, you make money as an employee. Take your owner hat off. You pay yourself to drive a truck to deliver product, to to deliver the haul, the load, whatever it is. Okay. You 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 build a website for marketing, right? You hire you know, you pay yourself to do those managerial roles. Okay. Now you say, well, I, I can't drive trucks anymore because I'm too busy doing other things. Well, you, you, you put your manager hat on, you hire someone and you, you're now paying them. So now you don't pay yourself to drive the truck. You're paying someone else to drive the truck. So now you're paying yourself to manage, right? So you pay yourself a wage to work in the business as an employee. Now, put your hat back on. We all own businesses because we know the way to build wealth is through ownership. Well, how do owners make money? Not by, not by raping the business and paying themselves more than they're worth, you know, leaving the business without money to operate properly. Owners make money by making the business more effective, more efficient, um, by planning, you know, the owners, you should know your numbers, you know, you should know. And I don't know the metrics that truckers use, but I would imagine like cost per mile is probably one of them. Like you should know, what does it cost yep. me to drive 1,315 miles? Okay. And it's this number per mile. How do I get that number down? If I can get that number down 10%, 15%, 20%, that leaves more margin, more profit for me as the owner. So owners make money. By by increasing, right the, the 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 profit, and it's really important to understand those two ways that you make money because you start to look at your time different how you spend your time, and you start to say you know what I can't I, I can't sit here and make decisions and pick investments for my four hundred one k or or try to research you know, which, which investment should I pick out of 30, 40,000 investments out there? I, I don't have time to do that anymore. I need to start hiring people to do that for me or to help me do that because my time is going to be more effective in going to a conference to learn the latest software, the latest technology to be able to cut my expenses, increase productivity so that I can now start making money as a business owner. Yeah. And, and, you know, with, uh, Owner operators, you had mentioned converting to the five, six, seven trucks. There's like an apex point. And a lot of folks go into debt, buying their truck, leasing a trailer, leasing their truck. Um, a lot of folks don't have enough income to float the month or two months it takes for them to get paid on a load. So they'll use what's called a factoring company. And the factoring companies take 3% of their money just to pay them now because they need money to pay for fuel and you can get fuel cards, but those bills come due monthly. Insurance is expensive. Maintenance, wear and tear, tires you mentioned earlier is expensive. And so there is a tipping point where I think smart business owners, you know, and, and you need to think this through, I think going into your business plan anyway, is have as much cash on hand to operate the first couple years. So you don't have to pay 3% here, 2% there, get taxed here. Um, you know, I don't know what a lease percent is right now, but I imagine, you know, these folks that don't qualify for traditional funding, they're paying a lot of interest on these trucks, man. It's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, these are all things to think about. And this is why the planning aspect, even ahead of time for you opening a trucking company, or if you're in it, is you got to start planning now. Yeah, man. And the, right? here's That's the thing, here's the thing. one thing I talk about. So I talk about my five pillars of financial security. And number okay. three is squash debt. So even these yeah. short-term loans, these kind of like 
<laughs> they're kind of like they're kind of like payday loans really is what they are it's just it's just a different name but yep. it's the same idea they're high interest um you know you're you're i mean three percent's a you're giving up three that's not interest per se but that's that's a big number that you're probably giving up and if you do the math like man like either either let me plan before i launch my business let me plan for that and have enough put aside or for the next two or three years whatever that threshold is for me to drive to, to kind of like to start having enough clients to, to be making the money. Um, let me, let me be as frugal as freaking possible. And I am going to, I'm going to do whatever it takes and I'm going to grind for two or three years. And I'm going to, I'm going to make decisions today that I really don't want to make, but I'm making them with three years with, with that vision. Right. And if I know, if I know that this is, I'm gonna have to do this for just two or three years and, and live super frugally for two or three, whatever the number is. I'm, I'm I'm using two or three years as as the number. Then, man, I would freaking write that date on your wall, and every morning. I think you just didn't you you just did um you just did um that crazy ass uh thing uh hard seventy five uh, right seventy five hard seventy five yeah, seventy five hard challenge yeah 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 and you had a poster board. I think you yep. posted and you, and you you checked off your days. Right, you do two forty five minute workouts a day, read ten pages a day, all kinds of all kinds of kinds of crazy stuff. And you had a physical <laughs> yeah, thing, absolutely. and you checked it off, and you could see those days go away. Man, I am a huge fan of writing. I love technology. I love digital. But man, when you write your goals out and you're able to see them every single day. So again, if you're a startup trucking company and you're you're, you're trying to get off your feet. You're gonna to have to do hard work, and this is any business, any business owner. You're gonna to have to do hard work for a season, and know that it's for a season, and prepare yourself for that season, and then know when that season ends, and then when that season ends, you're gonna reap the benefit for for just the 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 grinding that you had to do, and that's pl- that's planning. Yeah, it's, and they can be proud planning. and feel good about that too. Oh heck yeah. Yeah. Oh man, like anyone who's made it, anyone who's made it, think back to the day where you realized, and it might not have been a day, it might have been like, oh my gosh, like I've just noticed that I have more money left over my checking account, my lifestyle hasn't changed, and I just have more money, like I can start saving more, I can start doing things that that I want to plan for, right? And, and as a financial planner, sometimes we do that, like sometimes it's like, okay, here's what we need to do for the next two years, you, and I've told people this, and and I, I tell other advisors this, and like, how how could you like tell someone not to do that? Like, I tell people like you're 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 over contributing to your retirement. Well, I'm supposed to save for my retirement, yeah, but you're putting all your free cash in a retirement account that you can't touch for 25, 30 years, and you're paying 25 percent interest on thirty thousand dollars of credit card loans. Like you're 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 not advancing. You're actually going backwards. Um, so let's for two years, let's redirect some of this money. Let's liquidate, let's squash this debt. And then in two years or three years, we'll switch back and then we'll start we'll start piling money away. Right. So these are the decisions that people need to make. Like, you know, do I pay this or do I pay that? Um, those are, those are, that's a lot of the advice that, that I give these days. Again, particularly because a lot of my, a lot of my clients, I do work with clients who are retired, um, who are retiring. We do a lot of that kind of, I'm retiring. I got a 401k, I'm rolling it over. But a lot of my planning clients, the people who are in the, like the throes of life, like I, I, someone came to me once, this was a friend and their, their, uh, their lead to me was, Eric, I just, I'm ready to start making adult decisions. Like life is getting busy. And I'm ready to start adulting. <laughs> right. So, so, so that's um, uh, helping. Yeah, helping people make those. What do I save? How do I save? Where do I save? What's a fair return on my money? What should I expect? Hey, I heard this. I heard this like GameStop thing. Should should I put a bunch of money in it? Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It depends. It depends. Everyone see personal finances stopped being personal somewhere along the way. Personal finances are personal. They're different. What I do is going to be different yeah. than what you and Ryan do. And I think a lot of uh, truckers, it's a small, it's a tight niche community. You know, they're talking to each other. Hey, what are you doing? 
What are you investing in? Um, you know, how are you operating your business? Where are you putting your finances towards and things like that? And I think with that, it's great because you hear from your peers, other people in your situation that you can't necessarily talk to your family about because they don't understand what you actually are going through and what, what kind of level of finances you're at. But with that, it opens up a possibility of negative advice. Like you had just mentioned, hey, I'm throwing money in GameStop or hey, AMC is going to take off. You know, you need to throw anything that you have in there. And like, yeah, there's it. It sometimes works out <laughs> sometimes. So let, me, let me just say but, this. Let me just say this. And, and I hope I don't offend yeah. anybody. And and I'm, I'm not, not plugging. I'm not trying to plug these, by the way. Just <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes, yes. I am um, for, for the regulators. I'm I, I, I work in a highly regulated uh, industry. So for any regulators out there, this is not a recommendation for any individual security. Um, yes, that's my disclaimer. Anybody, if, if, if I'm in an industry, okay, I want to network with other people in my industry on how to more effectively be a better truck driver or better, um, uh, insurance agency owner or better finance. I have, I'm in multiple mastermind groups, some specific to the insurance space with insurance owners and some specific to the financial advising space. Okay. So I want to understand how can I become a better financial advisor? How can I become a better insurance agency owner? How can I become a better truck driving company business owner to become more effective and more efficient? That's where I go. Outside of that, that's what you you go to conferences to learn your craft. It gets if you come to me and say, Hey, how can I how can I um how can I become a better truck driving company owner? I'm going to say, dude, I have no idea. I've never driven a truck. <laughs> I've never driven a truck. Now, if you come to me and say, hey, how can I become more effective as an insurance agency owner? I know a little bit about that. I have a little bit of experience in that um, through, through my ownership in a company. When when people start talking about things that they don't understand, it gets it becomes very dangerous when you're giving advice without knowing people's values, without knowing what they're trying to do. Um, uh, without like, Hey, where should I invest my money? Well, I invest in GameStop. Well, uh, I got $10,000 to invest. Should I invest in GameStop? Yeah. All, all the way. Well, I also have $50,000 in credit card loan at 25%. That was the worst piece of advice. I don't care if GameStop goes through the moon. That's a risk that you probably shouldn't be taking. Now, when you're out of debt, then you can afford to start taking bigger risks. That's really important is yep. that I am not against speculation. I'm not against risk taking, but you need to prepare yourself to be able to take that risk. And when you take the risk, you got to be able to say, if this $10,000 investment goes to zero, how am I feeling tomorrow morning? My wife is leaving me. My kids can't go to school anymore. Then don't do it, right? It's going to hurt. It's going to suck. I'm going to feel terrible, but I can survive. Then maybe you do it. Yeah. So have a good uh, checklist of items that you can answer those questions, the hard questions. And if they answer yes, 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 or no, no, like you have a compass there to guide you. Yeah. Is what I heard there. But let me, let me go back to um, the kind of circle back around to those three things to be financially successful. Yeah. Cause I want to, I want to leave your listeners with maybe some tangible or, or some practical things kind of that kind of, I would say fall under that umbrella. Okay. So let's go. Um, Spend less than you make. It it's pretty simple to say that. It's really hard to do. Okay. Um, the best thing, the best way to start is simply to become aware of how you spend your money. Like you think you know how you spend your money, but what I want you to do is I want you to go print out three months of your credit card statement and your bank statement and actually start to look at where you're actually spending it. Add the number spreadsheet it, put it on an Excel spreadsheet if you can. Um, and start to add up, man, man, how much am I spending at Starbucks? I'm not saying don't do it, but just be aware of it. Man, how much do I spend in groceries? When I started doing this, my, I was like, oh my God, my grocery bill, holy crap. You would think I was 600 pounds. We spent so much of the freaking grocery. And then, and then you're like, man, I'm buying a whole lot at Target or Walmart or Amazon. Like, what the hell am I even buying there? We don't know. So the first step is just simply become aware of how you spend your money. Know what I say is my pillar number one is know where your money's going and know where your money's at. 
All right. Now let me let me put a quick plug in here for for what you do. Knowing where your money's at means knowing how much you have in your savings account and your checkings account and your checking account and your investment accounts. Understanding your insurance. Insurance represents money. You're driving down the highway. You get into an accident. You're you're calling Cameron because Cameron's got a five million dollar, ten million dollar, twenty million dollar umbrella policy for liability that that you're gonna you're gonna want if you need that money. So understanding your insurance is a part of knowing where your money is and where it's going. So understand your insurance policies. Understand um, uh, your health insurance. Super important. And then know kind of, again, take an inventory of where all your investments are and where all your debts are. So um, making that inventory is super important. So, Hey, real quick on that, Eric, where, like, what's the best tool short of like an Excel or like pen and pad? Um, would you recommend that someone keep track of everything like a dashboard view of their finances and assets and insurance and all that? Yeah, I would say for this exercise, for the initial exercise, Man, I think I think a pad and paper is the best way to do it. Even though you can put it in Excel, the problem with digital stuff, it gives us the impression that we're actually doing something, but the computer's doing it for us. Like, but when you're actually physically writing yeah. and making notes, there's there's I mean there's I'm not I'm not that smart, but there's some like science behind when you actually write something. There the likelihood of it actually remembering you remembering it. There's a, there's a connection made with your brain. So I think the initial Perfect. part of this, if you can do it by hand. It's painful. I get it, but I think it's going to work. Beyond that, um, my clients—we have a tool that we use called eMoney, where we can we can aggregate all of our clients' accounts and, and download them, and they can create budgets and, and categorize stuff. Um, there's other free services out there. There's some paid services out there that they can use. But initially, man, do the hard work. Well, we'll let, we'll let them dive into that yeah. when they call you to go through it. So let's keep going down the tangibles. So know where your money is and where it's going. Take it, make an inventory of all your stuff, right? It's your, if you're going, look, you're a business owner, you've probably gone to the bank for a loan and they ask for a personal financial statement. That's, that's part of what we're doing here. It's your balance sheet, your net worth statement, all my assets and all my debts. Understand it. Not just what your debt is, but understand the interest rates that you're paying on it. Understand what it's costing you. Okay. So now that we know where our money's going, where it's at, we want to plan where we want it to go. All right. Where do I want my money? This is this is budget budgeting. Um, I'm not a big budgeter. In fact, I'm putting together a course right now that kind of teaches how I manage my cash. Uh, how I manage my cash flow, which is really what budgeting is. But you want to plan where you where you want your money to go. If it's important for you to pay off debt, then you're going to plan for more money to go to debt. If it's important for you to save for a vacation because you haven't taken one in five years because you've been grinding away at your business, you're going to plan to put your money there. If you want to retire at 55, then you're going to plan to put your money there. That's that very intentional, purposeful. And, and planning can be very very specific to one thing or very broad, which involves multiple points of planning where you want your money to go. But conceptually, we want to plan where we want our money to go. Okay. So know where your money's going, where it's at, plan where you want your money to go. The third thing is squash debt. Debt is debt is like the kryptonite to building wealth. Now, there's two types. I like to talk about two types of debt. You just talked about how expensive it is to start a trucking company. It's expensive to operate a business. Business debt that is helping that you're putting back into something, into an asset that is going to generate a return for you is acceptable, right? I'm going to buy, I'm going to go to the bank. I'm going to get a $25,000 line of credit because I want to hire a new staff person. I don't currently have the cash to do it, but I'm going to go borrow money from the bank, hire someone because it's going to free me up to do higher level revenue generating activities. That, if you've got a plan around it, that's smart debt. Okay, I got to live somewhere. Um, I don't want to pay someone else's mortgage. I want to pay my own. That's smart debt. It's it's collateralized by by an asset. That that makes sense. You got to buy a truck. I mean, trucks. I got to imagine are are. I got a client who does who who does buses, and I know buses are freaking expensive. So I can imagine trucks are are up there as well. You're not going to oh, yeah. cash 150 thousand easy for a new truck. Yeah, you're not going to you're not going to write a check for that. You got to finance it. Okay, I'm I'm buying something that's going to generate money for me. That debt makes sense. The debt that doesn't make sense is that credit card debt, the student loan debt, um, those kinds of things. Man, student loan debt to a certain degree. Okay, 
to a certain degree. And if anyone wants to talk about what that degree is, I'm happy to talk about it. But, um, you know, people graduating with $200,000 of student loan debt, working a $40,000 job makes zero sense. Um, you're better off taking the money that you would have paid for college, buy a truck. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, we need that. truck drivers. It's a good yeah. career. Yeah, there's absolutely. Um, number four, plan, I'm, I'm sorry, save for tomorrow, right? So the second thing that I talked about, save as much as you can, I'll talk about saving for tomorrow. Now understand when I said save for tomorrow, most advisors are going to say, Cameron, you need to save for when? Retirement. I'm saying save for tomorrow. Retirement. Yeah, save for tomorrow. Retirement's part of tomorrow. Uh, your AC goes out in your hat. Well, for me, if my AC goes out in August in New Orleans, it's going to suck really bad for a, for a while. That might happen. I got I to gotta save Brutal. for the potentiality of something like that happening. So saving for tomorrow means I'm saving for something very short term, like an emergency. I'm saving for something very long term, like um, retirement. But I'm also saving for something in the next three to five to six years. I don't know what, but maybe I want to buy another property. Maybe I want to get into the rental, you know, rental property space. So now I'm starting to save money, save for tomorrow, putting money aside for that very specific thing. All right. Make sense? And that's where I, I would say oh, yeah. 75% of the work that I do is probably in that fourth pillar, save for tomorrow, right? Because we're, we're, we're dealing with, you know, you're a small business owner. There's no company matching your 401k, buddy. You're the company, right? There's no one, there's no one bringing to you your, your, your company benefits. It's, it's up to you to decide, man, is it better for me to do a 401k and then do we do a Roth 401k or like there's this thing called a simple plan. What's that? Or like a SEP, does that make sense for me? So that's part of saving for tomorrow is, is knowing where to locate the, we call it asset location. Where am I putting, not just what plan, but then once I have the plan, where, what am I investing in? Okay. That's safe for tomorrow. And then the fifth pillar is give to others. Um, now, this is not this is not like a, a magical thing. Like if you give to someone, you're automatically going to be given more back in return. But if you, if you are passionate about some cause, a nonprofit, a church, a charity, whatever it might be, and you're passionate and you understand, you're connected to that cause, and you understand the value of you giving a dollar to that cause, the impact that, that it can have, it does something pretty crazy to your spending. You start to realize that like, wait a minute, I just overspent, I don't know, about 20, 30 bucks over here. And man, that 20 or 30 bucks, I was reading somewhere like $20 buys like 400 mosquito nets in Africa. And a mosquito, one mosquito net in Africa saves the life of five kids because of malaria, right? And, and we're sitting over here you know, throwing money away on, on, on silly things. Um, and I'm just using that as an example, but if you connect to a cause and you believe in it and you understand that, man, if I can, if I can, if I can get out of debt and start cash flowing positively, and even in the process of doing that, you know, allocate a certain amount of money to something that I believe in, it's going to change, man. It's going to change how you, this is the same thing with those people who are like, I'm so committed to my kids getting a private school education that I'm going to eat peanut butter sandwiches for lunch. It's the same idea. I'm just talking about looking for a cause outside of you. Um, it changes how you think about money. It, it makes you connect to what money can actually do. It's not just about you having an easy life and enjoying life. That's important. We work hard. We should reward ourselves as business owners. I'm all for that. Um, but giving is kind of one of those things. It's a pretty universal human value. You, you, there's probably no one in your circle of friends that you, that you like, um, that doesn't give. They probably all, they might not talk about it. I'm not, and I'm not saying you, I don't, I'm one of those people. Who I don't think you should go brag about, oh, I did this or I did that. But like most people you surround yourself with are probably giving people and would jump at an opportunity to divert some of their, uh, income to support that. So those are the five pillars, man. I think if you're doing that stuff, if you know where your money's at and where it's going, you plan where you want it to go, you're squashing debt, you're saving for tomorrow, and you're giving to others, man, like you're on your way. You're on your way to financial security, 100%. That's so amazing. That um, 
I'm going to take and utilize a lot of those and implement those in my personal strategy. I love that. Yeah. I, I feel I, like I'm I, doing it on some level, but not at the degree that I need to be. And you know, it's funny, you plan for tomorrow. You need to have, I guess, some ability to project and like, like you said, Hey, you want to retire at 55? Where are you at now? What's it going to take to get there? Because I say that, you know, business owners always say that, Oh, I want to retire at 55. It's a, it's like a common phrase. But do they know, can they retire at 55? Or what if they can retire at 45? Because they didn't realize that. Well, again, you know, who knows? You got to know where you're at. Where, so. where are you sitting? Where, where are you at right now? Where I want to retire? No, no, no. Where are you? What city? What what what, what city? Oh, Spokane, Washington. Spokane, Pacific Washington. Northwest. I thought you were up in Washington. So I got to deliver yep. 10 sacks. You know, I'm delivering crawfish to to, to Washington, man. We, you know, you're know, you going to throw a big old party. So you want... You want enough to throw a party, you know. You want 20, 30 pound sacks of crawfish, all right? So I'm going to deliver it to Spokane. I'm really not. Don't wait for it. It's not coming. This is this is just an example. It's not going to happen, man. I want to deliver it to Spokane, Washington. Cool. Well, how much gas do I need? I don't know. <laughs> right? How much how much ice do I need to ice it down so they don't you know so they don't go bad on the way? I don't. You, you got to plan that stuff out. It's the same thing. I want to retire at 55. Cool. How much money do you need? I just want to retire 55. Okay, I need a million dollars. Is that the right number? Okay, let's say it's the right number. Well, how much do you need to start doing now to get there? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's all part of the calculus. That's all part of the, the planning. And we that's how far we get. We set the goal. If we yeah. get that far, we set the goal. But we, we never set the, the steps that it's going to take to get to that goal. Yeah, work backwards. Like any, you get get the destination and then map how you get there. Oh it's, man, uh, pretty straightforward. Wrote, Just like trucking. I have a blog that's half baked right now. It's called plan, backwards planning, and I never, I never, I never um, published it. I got to go back and dust it off, man, and finish it off. But backwards planning—that's what it is. Please do. I think that's great. I want to plug another. So um, your podcast. Where can the folks listen to your content podcast? Because I know they're, they're going to be so valuable of episodes and, and you're going to go a lot deeper into a lot of different topics that I think are super important. So where do they find you? Yeah, awesome. Go to, um, if you go to stuffaboutmoney.com, stuffaboutmoney.com, just how it's, just how it's, you spell it, just how it sounds. That'll take you. This is our new show, actually. I wrapped up a show last year, kind of a COVID project this year. Well, Depending on when you're listening to this, this is 2021. Uh, there's 60 other episodes of my previous podcast, Building Us. So you can go to like any podcast app and just put in Building Us. Um, and that's the one that I did with the couples counselor. Real thoughtful. We, we, we That show, we talked about the intersection of money and relationships, relationships to each other, to businesses, to our community. But the new show, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School. I'm doing it with um, a partner of mine, another financial advisor. And we're basically going to talk about stuff about money they didn't teach us in school. So we have um, a lot of guests line up, and these are like these are super interesting people, experts in their field. And we're going to ask them, "Hey, what's something about money that they didn't teach you in school? You wish they did, and how would your life have been different? Your career would have been different." And what we're going to do in conjunction with that, we're going to take some financial concept, okay? Um, that they may or may not be an expert in. If, if, if they have an expertise in some financial topic, that's going to be the, the educational point. We're going to take you to school. So next week, we're recording with the chief marketing strategist for the firm I'm with. He's um, also the CEO of one of the investment firms. This guy's on CNBC all the time. And he's coming on to talk about inflation. So we're going to ask this guy, hey, man, what's Phil, what's one thing about money that you wish you would have learned in school? And let's talk about inflation. And we're going to talk about it in a way that makes sense to the average American, right? You don't have to yep. be an economist to be part of these conversations because inflation impacts us all. How does it impact us all? So, yeah, be good so everyone, stuff. go give that a follow. That is uh, going to be tremendously valuable to your resource and your education. And then for the folks that want to connect about financial planning, um, what's the way to connect there and best way to contact you to set up a consultation? Yeah. You, so you, if you go to stuff about money that, that sits on my website, uh, my, my website Perfect. is plan-wisely.com. Stuff about money is a little bit easier to remember. So plan-wisely.com, okay. Eric, E-R-I-K at plan-wisely.com. There's a lot of content on there. So there's, a, there's a lot of opportunities for you to kind of get a little bit of a, a feel for how I do business. Um, in the, in the um, navigation, there's a place where you can download my ebook 
the five pillars that I just talked about. So you can go actually download that and, and, you know, have it in paper or print it or read it digitally if you'd like. And there's also a tab that says start your plan that kind of, again, it walks you through a little bit of what does it look like? What are the topics that are discussed in financial planning? Um, so you're able, you're able to take a, a few steps into the process um, to get a feel for, for what is it like to, to, to work with the planner. Man, I love it. Uh, everyone needs to go check that out. No doubt. There's a ton of value in that. So Eric, uh, we're nearing the end of this. We appreciate your time so much. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing. It's uh, I, I feel like we can keep going and there could be like a whole nother hour or a couple hours to just deep dive everything in there, but, um, it's a lot of info. So take, take a few items, actionable items out, implement, um, have some discipline, reach out to Eric. That's, that's basically the, the action there. So, um, Eric, thank you. Appreciate you very much. This concludes another episode of get a load of this, uh, the trucking podcast where we want to be the number one resource and bring tremendous value to the trucking industry and truck drivers and trucking professionals. You can get a hold of us uh, through the Facebook group. Get a load of this um, is on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn, Cameron Pishi on LinkedIn. And if anything insurance, just go to valleytruckinginsurance.com and reach out to us if you got questions. We'd love to chat there. So, all right, we appreciate you. Thank you, listeners. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Eric.